This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You are listening to The City Vent. Proudly sponsored by the Westview Motor Company, supplying your new and used cars. Find us at westviewmotorcompany.co.uk Hello everybody and welcome to episode 21 of the City Event. A little bit of a special episode today following the announcement of the Badge Survey Part 2, I believe. Um, we're also just going to quickly discuss um, no- November. November, I nearly said there. November, um, as you can see, we've got some beautiful facial hair uh, on, on the show. Um, so, yeah, with me, we've got Chris. How are we doing, pal? I'm very good, mate. And uh, can I just mention that all our tashes look absolutely great? Apart from Andy's, by the way. No. What's that little bit in the middle? Oh, it's, it, it, it's all bum fluff, mate. That's what it is. It's just, it doesn't grow right. I don't know it what it's like. It looks like he's glued a, um, a pair of pipe cleaners or something on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and sort of turned up. But yeah, welcome, Andy. It's nice to have you back on the pod. And all we, we were missing you last week, so uh, welcome back, sir. Thank you. Just like to point out your lovely background as well today, guys. We had a bit of feedback, didn't we, about you having the, um, the, the I don't what do you call that? That's behind you, like a backdrop or something. It's a green screen. There yeah. you go. That's as technical as I get. And this time, it's it's pure home vibes, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. can I just mention that? Eventually, behind mine, when Deck actually sorts it out, I will have up the effing chickens, the Lewis flag behind me. However, at the moment, it's very bare. My room's very boring. So until then, we'll see. It's quite tidy, though, Chris. I don't, I don't think it's usually like that, is it? There's usually socks. <laughs> Never tidy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just... I basically just shoved everything else to the other side of the room, so that's, oh, that's why it's tiny. I do prefer it, though. It just adds a little bit of personality to you both. I don't know. I mean, looking no, at... I'm, just... I'm, I'm limited, I am, because the missus won't let me put anything up in here. It's a dining room. I get a fridge, freezer, and a, an ironing board for you all. I think you just you should have stopped that sentence at, I'm limited, and would have been like, yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> so, um, anyway, let's continue the conversation. So, we're going to speak about, like I say, not the elephant in the room, because we've already spoke about it, but... November. So as you can see, we've got these tashes. So this is going to run from the 1st of November to the end, and we're going to grow our tashes and all sorts of weird and wonderful facial hair. Now, getting involved, we've got some players. So Harry Lewis has kindly got involved, and I believe it's in the WhatsApp group that the players have got, and they're all going to get involved. Harry Chapman as well, and Jamie Walker. 
and hopefully some staff members. Now, I don't know if um, Ryan Sparks might be partaking. Hopefully he <laughs> listens to this and he might end up with a tash in the director's <laughs> box, but we'll have to see. Uh, we've also got some of the Radio Leeds guys get involved. Uh, <laughs> Louis, um, I'm laughing already. Because <laughs> Do you know what? I, I'm just going to have to put in there because Louis, bless him, he sent me a picture earlier on. He just, he's not going to be able to grow anything at all. But bless him, he's getting involved with movement. He's also already donated as well, which we massively, massively appreciate. And obviously Harry Lewis as well has already given us 100 quid, which is great. But for us, it's not just about a fad. It's for, you know, it's for Movember, it's, it's for supporting people with cancer, obviously testicular cancer. Um, I don't know if many people know, but I uh, personally had a battle with cancer this year. Luckily, I beat it. Not, you know. So for me, I'm going to keep this. I'm keep, even though we're supposed to all shave it off straight away. I'm keeping this, and I want twirls and everything by the end of the month. So, um, yeah. Sorry, that's my little tidbit. I've gone on a rant, so I'll shut it's up. Fine. We're going from one emotion to another because obviously it's very uh, fantastic that, that you beat cancer. But um, looking at Chris today, there's a bit of an air of a character out of um, a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang film about him. Um, <laughs> ben, ben, Benny Hill, if anybody remembers the toy maker, if uh, Andy would like to share that with us now, if I, you've got it to hand on. I would, but I don't. I, I, I can't. I yes. can't, boys. Well, I tried. You know what? It's Ted I, I Lasso. Tried. That's why I've got my, this is why I've got my sports. You're not Ted Lasso, you're no, you, you definitely. You are Benny Hill. <laughs> you are Benny Hill. So if anybody wants to Google that, it's absolutely spitting image. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, so yeah, there we go. Anyway, we'll move on from that. But if you would like to donate to the cause, we'll put some links out there, and if, we'll just watch our progress as we go along. And hopefully, we'll see the players on the pitch with mustaches because can't wait to see that. So we've also got a special guest joining us today, um, who I'll let Chris introduce. Yeah, so Luke Flax, who is the director of brand market and media, uh, Luke's had a massive part to do with uh, the new ideas for the new crest, the new badge. Um, but yeah, so you know, luckily we've managed to get him on, and we massively appreciate it. So Luke, thank you very much for coming on, mate. Hi, fellas. No problem. There's some uh, some wonderfully constructed moustaches in this room, of which one isn't mine. But uh, yeah, fair play to you all. Uh, it seems to be coming along really well. Well done, mate. You put that across really well. It was an agreement for Luke to say that before. <laughs> we paid him <laughs> 10 quid. So. Uh, I, I won't be doing it myself, but I'll definitely donate to the cause. There's uh, some impressive tashes there. So yeah, fair play to you, lads. Very kind, mate. It's a warm welcome as well to... Uh, to come on the podcast. So thank you for joining us. Obviously, there's, there's lots that we want to speak to you about, mate, um, but I think it's probably worth getting a bit of background from you as to the whys. Um, so I know that there's the big pack that's out there, but as a football club, when did this decision come about to want to change the badge and why? Yes, I think, um, so just to build a bit of further background with kind of like my role at the club. So I've, I've been in uh, in my position now for, for about a year, but uh, before that, um, I have, I have my own business as well with with plenty of clients, of which uh, one was Bradford City. So I've been been working with the club for about uh, just over four years now, um, and about two years to eighteen months ago, um, the club kind of approached me and said, "Look, we we're thinking about potentially ahead of our hundred twentieth anniversary, we're looking at potentially changing elements of our brand and um, and looking at how we can." Um, 
better develop elements of, of the Bradford City brand to be a bit more versatile, a bit more adaptable and to kind of strengthen the representation of the football club going forward. Um, so with that in mind, obviously started working on, on that. So it's probably been about 18 months worth of my life, this, this project. Uh, but naturally, it's uh, been um, a very, very um, important project since uh, since I've been working at the club for the past twelve years, uh, twelve months rather. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how it came about, really. Um, I think the kind of the reason why now was uh, in line with the club's hundred twentieth anniversary. It seemed like a good uh, opportunity as as ever, um, and I think there's a lot of um, opportunities to kind of with the way that obviously things are um, developing uh, on the pitch, the appointment of Mark and Glenn and, and the things that they're doing on the pitch, it seems a good time as any to kind of look at our identity and, and try and evolve off the pitch as well. Um, so those are kind of a few reasons as to why um, the club decided um, it was the right opportunity to do so. Um, it's also worth mentioning as well, when I started working with the club four years ago, uh, Ryan, now CEO, who, uh, who was the... Um, head of comms at the time he said to me um oh you need to put some if you don't mind as your first job can we put some brand guidelines together and I was like what the, the club's not got any brand guidelines and he was like no not at all so I was like well it's a you know it's a football club an organization that's over 100 years old and you know works with other clubs works with uh, promotion marketing advertising and they've got no kind of guidelines around what their brand is, what you know, what they want to represent, what what they want to look like, how they protect their image. And I found that really strange. Luke, can uh, I ask you? Sorry, Luke, can I just put in? Can I ask you what yeah, you sure. mean by that? What does that What does that entail? So, what what does that mean? Yeah. So, um, like brand guidelines, for instance, is is something that um, pretty much um, the majority of kind of organisations, uh, sports clubs, um, have, and it's basically to protect their image. So, for instance it kind of tells you what your um, what your kind of like uh, ethos is for the club. So how you communicate with people. So your type of language that's visually and uh, in terms of written and communications. Um, but from a visual perspective, it talks about, you know, the elements of your brand in our instance, in the uh, in Bradford City's elements, the, you know, the claret and amber, the stripes, the, the, the bantam, and why it's a strong part of the club and why it's a representation of the club, why it was formed, why, you know, what, what, what it stands for um, and how to use it effectively. So, you know, some of the bigger organisations I've worked with in the past, they have big, big documents saying, do this, don't do that. This is how we want to be perceived. Here's how we kind of look out for our consumers or in this case, our supporters and how we want to be represented. Um, so for a club like Bradford City, um, you know, a massive club with a lot of potential to not have something like that um, felt quite strange to me. And I think that's kind of in, in answer to the, the original question that you posed. I think that's where the conversations kind of stemmed from at that time. Okay. And I guess that it, it feels like you guys believe there's a necessity to change it. And, and I get the 128 thing. That's something mm -hmm. that's come about, obviously. But obviously, to some people, we're a club in League Two. Um, is, has money been spent on this project? Um, and if so, I don't, I don't know if you can disclose that. I don't know if I'll be disclosed in the future. But is it is it money well spent when we could be spending at other places in the club? Is it going to add that much of an effect to us, or is it just an image thing completely? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's fair to say, like you know, these types of things are so subjective. You know, design, creativity, or even change in general, really is is so subjective. 
And I think you'll never make 100% of supporters, uh, 100% of consumers, whatever it is, 100% happy. You know, there's you know, there's always going to be a difference of opinion. There's always going to be a why now, why, why, why are we looking to do this project? And, I, you know, I think we all totally appreciate that. Um, and I think um, there's lots of, lots of benefits for doing a project like this. I think it's, it's difficult for me to kind of say, um, you know, where it's like when you get like a sponsor or a partner in or a commercial opportunity, you can, you can easily say, um, you know, this, this partner is going to give uh, X amount of money in response for certain assets or certain promotion. You can easily quantify the results of that. Um, whereas this is a little bit more subjective and a little bit more kind of opportunistic, I suppose. Um, but with that in mind, don't feel that there isn't an opportunity to kind of develop and grow this football club's brand offering. Um, you look at people that have done this in the past, especially in the sports industry, um, you know, I think Formula One's a really good example. I know it's a totally different kind of proposition and I'll, I'll kind of approach your point in a minute about being a League Two football club. Um, but, you know, their brief was to, when they kind of changed their logo uh, about, I think it was 2017-ish, um, you know, their brief was to change Formula One from a classic sport to like a forward-thinking entertainment business that works across all different media. Um, and with that, their, with their rebrand, their average age in... in um, in their reviewer is, is dropped, you know, they're targeting a more younger audience, you know, they're now perceived as an energetic entertaining sports business um, and they've increased their audiences by 29%. And uh, most notably the one that we all kind of technology or uh, tech um, um, viewing of is the fact that drive to survive um, has become so world renowned, the impact that that has had on the business. And that's all stemmed from something as simple as changing your brand or evolving your brand to something different. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen at Bradford City, but I'm also saying why couldn't that happen at Bradford City? So I also I understand the idea of, um, oh, we're a League Two football club, we're in the fourth tier of English football. Totally understand that, but you know if you kind of keep that mentality, then you're always going to be in the fourth tier of English football, aren't you? In the same way that we want to kind of progress and be uh, be progressive and competitive on the pitch. We're also looking to progress, grow and evolve and, you know, unlock the, the commercial effectiveness and the marketability of this football club. And I feel that and a lot of and the senior management at the club and a lot of staff behind the scenes feel that this is a good opportunity to do so. Um, so it's, it's, it's a difficult one because naturally, um, and we, we've tried to, at every point of this project, make sure that the supporters are engaged. We've done it. We've given every opportunity. I mean, we've done we've done three surveys, we've done multiple listening sessions, multiple workshops and engagement um, to try and make sure that the uh, design proposals are directly led to the development of this project and the final proposals you see today are directly influenced by the, what we've been fed back. So we're trying to make sure that the most important people at this club, the supporters are, are leading it. And I believe we have done that. Um, Luke, Luke I'll, I'll... And I think I think you've got a very fair point there. And obviously, there were a lot of City fans who were upset about the fact that we're changing the, you know, the the the, uh, the badge from from what we've had for the last thirty years. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit about that badge and where it originated, and 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 you know, maybe even where why it hasn't been changed before? 
Yeah, I think um, so. I've been like while we've been doing this project, I've been working with um, a lot of like researchers and, and historians. The one that um, I know he's I know he's mentioned it on his own blog, John John Dewhurst, who's a well known supporter, and you know, I kind of got him involved to help me out with the understanding the historical elements and the foundations of of the club and and its and its identity. So. Um, when we've been looking through history, it's, it, uh, the history of the club, it's, it's kind of become apparent really that the club has never had um, a bespoke professionally designed identity. So to that point, you know, understanding the kind of foundations of, of where this badge has come from, it ultimately has kind of further reinforced the idea that maybe the club does need something that's a little bit more representative of the club. And I know it's, um, these things are so difficult. I, I can totally understand why some supporters would be nervous or uneasy around it because it's, you know, it's been, it's been alive this badge for so long. It's, you know, it's, it's been, it's been the badge of this football club for more or less my whole entire lifetime. I'm 32 now. It's been around for 30 years. So apart from two years of my life, it's been, it's been in existence. And I think I can understand why some people wouldn't want that to change because it's all they've ever known. Um, But in that same instance, we have to look at other areas of the club. If, if we didn't, kind of evolve and change um even example of personnel on the pitch you wouldn't have a 50 60 year old person playing on the pitch you have to kind of evolve and change with the times um and it's kind of the same on it's kind of the same off the pitch as well you kind of need to evolve your identity as things move on and some other football clubs um have had their badge for the same amount of time but i think it's fair to say that um they've maybe stood the test of time a little bit better because of the way they've been drawn and the way they've been developed. Um, but with the rise of digital media, the internet, social media especially, um, there's kind of certain elements of, of our badge that are, we really become a real challenge for us to kind of work with. Um, and therefore, we felt that it was a good opportunity to kind of take the elements and maybe re redefine the badge and, and our brand to, so that it's more usable in, in the current era. So, I mean, again, I just kind of like want to reiterate that we're not really looking to, to to fundamentally change. You know, I think we said, the club said right at the start that, you know, we'll always be the Bantams, we'll always be Bradford City, we'll always be Claret and Amber. You know, this isn't a this isn't a rebrand, it's a brand refresh. We just want to use the elements of what we got and what we have to build what we hope is a stronger representation of the football club. Um, it's not ego-driven, it's not, you know, it's not changing ownership-led. We just firmly believe that the benefits and the potential um, will be unlocked by doing a change such as this. So, just just moving on to like the designs that we've um, that we've seen so far, a lot of the feedback um, that I've seen on social media has been it's the very simplistic, and mm-hmm. you've seen that a lot now, especially with other sports organisations when when they're rebranding as such or reimagining what they're crest is to look like is that is that market research driven to go into a more simplistic way or is that something that um you think will appeal to the a, a new generation of sports enthusiasts or or is it something purely based on it's actually easier to print on on shirts or on merchandise or digitally um yeah, I mean, I think I think there's elements of, of all of that, really. I think um, you, you made a good point about design and kind of trends of um, the design trend at the moment is things are going to this more simplistic 
um, this kind of more simplistic style and design. And I think that's that's something that we were led by with with the initial proposal. Um, I think, you know, I can I can sit here and, and say that whilst our intentions were were right and we kind of wanted to kind of go down that route, the feeling and the kind of feedback via the uh, via the survey was that we've probably gone too far um, and probably gone too simplistic and maybe maybe this this football club and and the supporters um, you know aren't, aren't really ready for that um, extremely simplistic look yet and that, that's 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 totally understandable um, and I think um, so to your point it was important that we kind of gathered that feedback from um, from the supporters via the survey in a constructive way because I think you mentioned like social media there and, you know, social, social media is such a difficult place to navigate and it's kind of hard to distinguish what's reactionary, what the trend or the majority of feelings is and what's just, I don't know, just, just general noise really. It's, it's really hard. And that's kind of why we added that extra survey to make sure that the feedback was channeled through the right way and we could work upon it. Um, so in answer to like the, the simplistic um, the kind of design, it is the way that the industry is going. It is the way that design in general is going. I started my career out as a graphic designer 15 years ago, so I still follow, you know, trends, industry knowledge, that type of thing. I still have a big um, kind of um, interest in, in branding and, and how things are evolving and growing. Um, but also, to your point about printing and, and techniques and things like that, since the current badge has been in uh, current badge has been in in the club. You know, print techniques have have, have massively evolved. Um, you know, embroidery, things like that. Uh, things have, have desperately changed, and the complexity and the details in the current badge make it quite difficult to um, to adapt in certain areas. So that's why we looked to create something that had a little bit more simplicity and structure around it, so that we can utilize it better um, with all different sort of areas whether that be as i said before social digital or in retail as well can i ask a question then um, on the back of this because a lot of people are probably <laughs> thinking this the current badge i know you, there's, there's issues with it design issues whatever why could that not be modernized or maybe polished up or you know it, it seemed to me and a lot of people like a total like you said total rebrand and it was like something that i've never seen before and i think that's what probably a lot of people are thinking what is going on um <laughs> you know it's so different why could we not have had a, a version of the current badge that was a little bit more polished and maybe more, you know, better digitally? Excuse my lack of any knowledge on software and things like that, but what's the what's the issue there? Why can we not, you know, upgrade the current badge? Yeah, sure. I think, um, yeah, I think it's a really fair question. I think when we did the initial survey, we've been, again, just we've been fully led by kind of what was fed back through that and what was fed through the workshops. I think to your point about the current the current badge, the reason we kind of wanted to change it was the it's very um i would say it's very kind of like um very vertical it's quite it's quite um quite uh, long in its height and quite narrow in its width so to go back to kind of like um the world we're living in at the moment which is very digitally orientated we have this thing that we refer to as the one by one ratio so for instance social media your likes of instagram where you've got square twitter your profile picture is a circle when you kind of fit the badge in its current state into those in those areas, there's a lot of negative space around it, and it kind of struggles to kind of hold up and be competitive against potentially other competitor badges as well. I think a good example of that is when we played Hull 
this year when we had the promotional assets and they were kind of next to each other. The, 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 the use of space in that one-by-one one ratio square circle of the whole badge completely dwarfs our identity. And we felt, you know, we want to be competitive on the pitch. We also want to look competitive and strong off the pitch as well. So in answer to your question, a kind of like re just sort of um, freshening up the badge, that kind of came into came into play there around changing the the orientation of it, but also the feedback really from the initial survey of kind of the hierarchy of the elements. To be honest, um, off the top of my head, I think ninety eight point one percent of people said the bantam was the most important thing. The next thing was the claret and amber, um, and then the BCAFC typography was um, next in terms of the high hierarchy of information. The shield was really well represented. And, and when you look around and have a look at um, how it stands up against other football clubs in, in general, you know, our shield is so unique. So it should be something that we we champion and we and we cherish and, and we look to refine that so that it, it kind of is uh, geometrically refined and a little bit more modern, but also it keeps the, the same kind of characteristics and shape of what it's, what it's always had. So in answer to your question, we wanted to make sure that the hierarchy of information and the hierarchy of the elements rather reflected the information and the data that we've been given from supporters during these workshops and the, the original survey. So the Bantam being centre stage of the shield, been all encompassing, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that that was the most important, prominent part of the identity. Um, the Claret and Amber, uh, so even from the first proposal to the two proposals that you've seen now, Claret and Amber is, is fully um, all, over, um, all over the design. The shield is is housing everything, which kind of brings it back into that um, aforementioned one by one ratio that I spoke about previously, um, mm. and then the BCFC is obviously also in there as well. So, in answer to your question, these were all kind of elements that we took into consideration when deciding on whether to just change the elements and keep in the same orientation, or look at doing something which we feel would have a more um, long term solution and stand the test of time for the football club. Luke, can I ask you, can I ask you, um, I want to ask you about the process of mm -hmm. all of this. So obviously we know from looking at the, you know, the, the guide that you've given, you know, you've given us about the badges and stuff, but can I ask you like how this has worked and also who you brought in for this? I don't know if you're allowed to give the names or anything, but how has this process gone? So how, from you know, from day one to to you know the original badge, how did that work? Yeah, so um, yeah, so like, as I kind of said, really, it's been um, it's been twelve months of kind of consultation, kind of design, but you know, in reality, it's kind of been a lot longer than that. It's been about eighteen months worth of um, kind of like of my life, really, of kind of uh, getting to a point where we can basically do like a final vote. So. Um, we started um, working on the project about 18 months ago and we started looking at how we can, one, engage with the supporters and make sure that it's a supporter-led kind of project. Um, two, how we make sure that um, all communication is, in, is easy to see, is in the right place, you know, people know where to go um, to find out where, what the latest uh, developments and what the project next steps are. Um, and then from there, um, we started to create the survey and looked at who would be eligible to create that survey because you don't want people kind of coming in and just entering the survey that are rival supporters or just basically want to kind of 
mess up the results effectively. So from there, we looked at our database. We had 50,000 customers, uh, well, 50,000 people with a customer number. So that's basically anybody that's bought a, a ticket, season ticket previously at the football club. Um, so it was important that they were the people that kind of informed the, the process and the, and the um, uh, led into um, the kind of the data and uh, the f- fed back what they wanted to see from um, um, in the future. So that's kind of how everything started. Um, it was basically kind of structuring everything like that. And, and the majority of 99% of that has been done in-house really by myself, you know, people in my team and other areas of the club, you know, we're, we're, we're very lucky and I'm extremely lucky as well to obviously only been here for 12 months to inherit some extremely talented people that can work on this and build the microsite, you know, kind of help me out with um, the survey. And, you know, we've had the opportunity to kind of do the majority of that in-house, um, which is really, really good. And obviously in terms of um, making sure that um, effective use of costs, effective use of time and things like that, it's all been done um, within the club. So, uh, November last year, we put out the survey and that ran, I think, for a total of seven weeks until Christmas Eve. Um, and then from there, it was a case of analysing the results and kind of trying to distinguish the trends and look at what people wanted. Um, and that's Hello. when we started doing... Hello? Wait, sorry, just a question sorry. on that. How many people came back on that original survey out of interest, you know, off the top of your head? Um, I think it was just short of about 5,000 supporters. Interesting. Just just comparing it with the one that we did recently, that was three thousand, wasn't it? So I just yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, it's it's interesting. I think um, as I said um, just a moment ago, there's there's fifty thousand supporters that are eligible to take part in this. So um, it would have been really good to kind of see um, a lot more people kind of respond to it. But um, I think it's understandable, really. I think. These type of things, sometimes people are interested, which is fair enough. People just want to come up and come on a Saturday and support the team, and they're not really interested in this type of the, this area of the club. And you know that that's fine. Um, some people are interested in it and they engage with it. And then maybe other people didn't potentially take it seriously enough until kind of we got later into the project. I think sometimes um, you only kind of really start to take note of something when when there's a proposal or something can be seen. Um, and that's why I think it was important to kind of get that initial proposal out there so people can look at it and kind of digest it and think about what they want. Sometimes it's hard um, to articulate as well, even in, even in the workshops. Some people, if they don't work on this type of thing or kind of engage with this type of project all the time, they find it really hard to articulate what, what they're looking for. Um, so, um, yeah, I think... We were, I think I was really pleased at the time that 5,000 supporters did, or near 5,000 supporters did feedback, because even though, um, you know, it's only obviously 10% of the eligible amount of people to do so, that could do so, it's still a really strong base and framework for, um, to kind of inform the data and, and the direction of, of what we where we wanted to go. Um so just again, just going back to my initial point from from that, then we started. I started interacting with potential designers to come in and help out with the project. And I, um, again, as I said I said earlier, I've I've been, um, you know, I was started out my career as a graphic designer. I still follow a lot of people in that industry. So I contacted people that I've you know followed their career and have been really interested in working with. 
Um, and I got to a stage where I spoke to a, a chap called Chris Payne, who is um, an English designer, but based in New York. Um, and is famous for doing quite a lot of uh, sports uh, brands in the States and, and in um, and in the United, United Kingdom. Which, um, ones, which ones has he done, Luke, out of interest? Um, so the one he's most recently done, which has taken a lot of acclaim, is, is York City. They did their anniversary That's logo. That as well, by the way. That's a- yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, very... He did a really good job of that. And um, like I said, I've been following his career for a long time. Um, but uh, I think that one um, really kind of made made people take note. Um, I agree with you. I think he did an excellent job in that. And um, he, so yeah, it, when I kind of spoke to him, um, I just instantly knew that he was the right person for this job. His enthusiasm, his kind of his knowledge of of the football club already before he met with me, as somebody that he he wasn't a Bradford City supporter. You know, he's he's now based in America. Um, he'd clearly done his research, and he just he was the right person for the job and um, he's been exceptional throughout all of this. And um, yeah, it's, I'm really glad that we decided to go with him because the it's difficult to reimagine um, a football club brand. It's even more difficult to then reimagine it again twice. Um, and I can't really stress uh, enough how, how impressive his ability to do so has been and especially to take on board kind of the feedback from the final survey and turn something around in just over two two weeks, is it? Since two, three weeks since we since we um, launched the initial proposal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so having someone like that to kind of come in and help me and work and work with me and myself and the team has been has been invaluable really. Um so that's that's kind of um a bit of an insight into how the project's gone, you know, how things have happened and and who's been involved in it. I guess we'll talk about the issues you face in a second, but I think mm-hmm. what I would say, especially on a personal point of view for me, um, you've got a lot of City fans who probably don't actually know what they want. So when you first did this the survey, I voted to bring the ball back. I know certain somebody on this podcast did as well. <laughs> um, and again, I, I love the bar. I do love the bar as a badge, but obviously that totally lost it in, in the grand scheme of things. But then yeah. the next thing I'm saying, you know, a couple of weeks down the line, when you when you've put this out months, sorry, is that I don't want any change. Don't change this badge. I've got a proper affinity with it, which I feel like we have because it's been around so long. So mm-hmm. I, I've jumped from wanting the bar to saying don't change my badge. So that's me being totally honest. I think there's a lot of people like that. But I think the key thing for somebody like me is the image that you put out. So that first crest to me, I just had no affinity um, towards it whatsoever. I just didn't like it. And that's just me being totally honest. I didn't think it represented Bradford City Football Club. I think that was issue. I think if you'd have put out something that was really strong, it'd have got a lot better feedback in my personal opinion. I think that was probably the issue. And if I've offended you there, I do apologise, but I just want to be honest with, with you know, my thoughts. And my no, um, yeah, no, like, look, I'm, I'm not offended at all. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm experienced enough in this um in this kind of industry, um, in sports, you know, I've worked at multiple football clubs, but also in, in branding and marketing to know that um, everything's so subjective, as I kind of said at the start, even change in general is so subjective. And I think to your point, and I've kind of mentioned this before, that when you put something out there, it's going to have an emotional and a rea- reaction to it. Um, and it is difficult sometimes to kind of see that change as a positive. Um it's the same as like, I don't know, what's the analogy? Like if you're, if you're renovating your kitchen at home 
it's only when you go to B&Q and see a tile that you think, oh, that's the right tile for my wall. And even then you get a sample of it and you take it back home and put it in its environment to truly understand if that's the right kind of development and the thing you want to put in there. Um, so sometimes you can't think or you can't articulate kind of what you want. You have to have something put in front of you to then say, well, you've taken it too far. Oh, you need to take it further. Oh, it's not the right the right representation of the club. Things need to be different. And that's why it was important to kind of put that initial proposal out there to kind of further um, develop what we had and get more sort of thoughts so that we know we have a clear path of how um, people want to proceed and or would like to see things change. I think from the past survey it was really important that the majority of people fed back and said they wanted to see the, the badge developed thankfully they did um, and then it was also important that we had some strong design trends if we had like three to four thousand different ideas and different trends then we were in a bit of a we were in a bit of a problem because you know it's, it's hard to kind of uh, take three four thousand different views and kind of constructively uh, design something that's fit for purpose as well but it was good to kind of see that the majority of people were on the same hymn sheet and fed in the same sort of things around what they wanted to see and what where we where they felt we'd gone wrong um so a lot like i said I, you know no offense cause whatsoever i totally understand and you know supporters you're all more than entitled to to give your opinion and that's why we've done it in this way and but it's also i think it's fair to say that you can understand why some some other clubs have just not even bothered and they've kind of just mm. gone out and gone, right, we're doing this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, sorry, we're really sorry we didn't mean it. And it's like, <laughs> well, you know, that that's that's not what we're about. You know, we, we, we feel this is the right approach and we want to make sure that everybody is kind of on the journey with us. And I think, um, you know, nobody can dispute that um, we've, we've not done, we've done, not done that because, um, it's all clear to see on, on the microsite, literally 90% of how this project has worked and the feedback and everything is, is documented on there. So um, all I can say is with regards to kind of your thoughts there is the more people that feedback via this survey, the, the, the final survey, the better it is for us. You know, this is the final opportunity to, to cast your vote and have your say. So please don't not not do it and then think further down the line on oh, I'm, I'm really disappointed we're not changing it or I'm really disappointed we are changing it. This is your opportunity now and what whatever happens will will happen. Um so yeah it's just important to kind of reaffirm and reiterate that it's important to make sure that if you are eligible to answer that survey, please make sure you do. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So I wanted to ask this 
um, and you referred to it just before. So you said when we put the initial design out. Now, to me and a lot of people out there, and you can correct me on this, um, it felt like that was the final design. Um, there was a massive campaign. There was a big video that, that Bantam's Banner guys uh, did a commentary piece on, and mm-hmm. there were billboards with this design on. It was in Lee's Bradford Airport. So yeah. to somebody like me, that looks like a design that you guys were pretty sold on, um, and it kind of looks like you've looked at the feedback and think, shit, I guess we need to actually change this. Could you respond to that and just how that came across and just, just sort of come back to me on that, if you don't mind? Yeah, so, I mean, with, with regards to kind of like the advertising, you will see these new proposals on the same billboards that you saw the, the, the previous one. Um, you know, that 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 will be the case because, again, to make sure that as many people engage and see this this project as, as possible, um, that will always happen. I think... Um, I, I kind of what I said previously around we we were led by the data, we were led by the insight, we were led by what people fed back via the workshops, the listening sessions and the initial survey. So we did feel that we'd got to a point where we'd kind of ticked every box really of what people were asking for. Um, so naturally we can't, we're not going to come out and just say, um, here's a proposal, what do you think? You know, we've got to come out and give the rationale behind it, you know, explain why we've done it, how it relates back to the feedback. Um, And I think a lot of that content creation has helped people understand and digest the reasons behind what we did. Um, But, I mean, it was always a proposal. I think the first line of the press release and the first line of the story on the website said, we have proposed a new design. Um, Because whilst we felt we were in a good position with it and... Um, we felt it ticked all the boxes of what people were asking for. You know that you know they might it might not necessarily be that way. Um, so we were confident that it was a good it was a good initial proposal and a good design. Um, but again, as I kind of said earlier, I'm experienced enough to know that you know people will always feed back, and if um, and if it needed more doing to it, um, it needed further development. We were always open to that. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, you kind of damned if you do, you damned if you don't. Really, I can't really come out and go, "Here's a badge." What do you think? You've got to kind of show people the kind of the depth, the in-depth thinking. You know, the amount of rationale and the kind of um, the strategy and the design elements that have gone into it. Yeah, and do you know what, you know, Luke, Luke? I completely sorry, Paul. I, I completely <laughs> agree with you. I, I know it's very difficult because obviously. Me and Adam were on, <laughs> do you know, you see the black screen in front of us, we're on the complete different fence. Now for myself, um, I was very much in favour of the new badge. I like the fact that there was the branding idea. And to be honest with you, with, with like kind of the votes and stuff, it's shown that people are not afraid of change. Um, so... But I do want to say to you, uh, Luke, is that, you know, I'm I'm on the other side of the fence towards Adam. I actually am fully behind the branding. Um, with, obviously, the, the setback that you had, Twitter was going mad saying this is a disgrace. Did the results show that or did they actually show that maybe City fans might be interested in, in changing the crest? Yeah, I think, um, well... Yeah, naturally, I, I kind of mentioned previously the the results of the the uh, most recent survey. The majority of people that partake 
in that um, survey said that they wanted to see the badge modernized uh, in line with the 120th anniversary. Um, so that's obviously a little bit different to kind of the feeling of what um, you felt across social media. Um, what I would say about social media is it's, it's, it's so hard to kind of um, to understand what, what is reactionary, what is what is um, is fair, you know, what the true kind of reflection of is because when you drop something like this, people are always going to react emotionally to it. And it's only kind of when um, you kind of look at the, how it's been done and, you know, the rationale behind things that you kind of start to digest why it's been done. And you, you might still not like the, the design in general and, you know, that's fine, but you can kind of start to appreciate the way it's developing and, and, and how kind of certain things have been taken into account. Twitter especially is, I mean, it's, it's an interesting place. Let, let's be honest. I think um, it's, you're in, we live in this world where like a faceless avatar can walk into a conversation, cause destruction, and then just leave with debris falling behind them. And that's, just what he, that's what Elon Musk wants to eliminate now, apparently. So yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it's kind of, you've no real insight into what mo what their motives are or, you know, if they truly believe or have the real knowledge of what we're talking about, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes it's really difficult to understand these people that have been kind of saying what they say. You don't even know if they're actual Bradford city supporters or if they're just kind of fueling the fire, like rival supporters, like they do when, when, you know, when somebody scores a goal against us, it's kind of, you don't know what the true reflection is, but in the same vein, everybody's, totally entitled to have their opinion if you are a Bradford City supporter you are more than entitled to have your opinion on whether that design is you feel that design is right for the club or not um, but one thing I would say is those that shout loudest on social are not the majority you know we've seen that time and time again especially with this project I think you know you referred to um, the bar um, you know I, I, I don't really kind of delve into the world of social media as, as much as other people do but obviously we have a media team to kind of take take knowledge of that. And I remember when we did the initial survey, um, somebody in, in the media team saying to me, there's a lot of noise about the ball and how it should be brought back. Um, well, in the first survey, I think it was 0.8% of people even mentioned the ball out of 5,000 people. Exactly. So it's <laughs> like... your own, Adam. <laughs> so it's like... Do you know what? It's the only time that me and Adam have agreed on anything. Is that we like the ball, but we've gone for that. But what I want to ask you, Luke, and, 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 and I've seen this a little bit again on social media, and it's a very quick question, um, and then we'll move on. But there has been, obviously, from Bradford City fans going, well, they're obviously going to vote for the badge. Um, it doesn't matter what our vote is. Can you assure us that that's not the case? I mean, I can only assure you as much as by saying it's not the case. Um, I think um, <laughs> I, I don't understand like why I would put myself and my team in a position of kind of producing all of these these surveys, all of this information, and kind of articulating it and constructively putting it in a in a dedicated website. If we were just if we weren't going to bother with what was what was fed back, I think. The only thing I can say in response to that is if we weren't going to bother, then we wouldn't have changed the initial design proposal, would we? I feel like we would have just said, oh, yeah, everybody loves it. Let's go ahead with it. Um, so I think there's been a lot of things that have kind of been 
sort of said about about this project and um i think one of them is that oh we're just going to go ahead and do what we want and kind of uh tamper with the results anyway i can assure you that's not the case um from from my perspective we have a design we have an insight team um you know our crm and data team who kind of run the pro the programs and everything's kind of um cohesively put into information that we can work with i don't i don't see the data as it's going along i just get it at the end um so what i'm given is then kind of is is articulated and kind of creatively put into the next phase of, of the project so um and again again to the point of you kind of damned if you do you're damned if you don't i put out i put on an 80 page document with the rationale behind what we have done for the initial proposal why we've done it and how it kind of leads back to the survey and i got people saying to me that um oh well it's, it's too in-depth and it's too it takes too much time to read and then on the end of the next survey i put out trends and short concise information around 90 percent of people said this here's what people fed back and i was told that we weren't being open and transparent enough because we'd not put enough detail into it. And I'm like, well, where, where can I win? Like it's, I'm, I'm doing my best to kind of make sure that everything is um, cohesive and we, we're being as open and transparent as possible, but also so that it's still engaging and people can kind of um, interact with it and can, um, can truly understand kind of the things that we're talking about. The terminology isn't, you know, industry terminology, it's, it's easy to kind of understand and digest. So um, just in answer to your point, I can understand probably why some people would say that, but it's totally not the case. And no, again, that's that's why I can I can only reiterate, please yeah. make sure you vote because don't be don't be then worried if or kind of disappointed if the vote doesn't go your way if you've not interacted with that vote. Do you know what? You're absolutely spot on there and it's right and it's about the vote. Andy, are Hello. you ready? We're ready. We're ready. Let's have a look. So, um, what we're going to do is um, we've got the um, the two new badges. We're not going to show the original badge because we all know what that looks like. Um, just want you to talk us a bit through exactly what makes up for it because there are people like Adam that don't like reading. And... <laughs> well, I'll, so, I'll, just so... here. I'll just say that the way that I see it is it's Can it's, we... a, it's, it's... <laughs> It's a 90-page document. Please don't take this the wrong way. Can I just mention... I'm going to mention it. Let me finish. I said to Adam, I said... Let me finish, Chris. let me finish, please. Right. You can have your say in a second. Hold on, pause. Let's do the pause bit. No, this is good. Don't pause. Okay. I see it, Luke, as a document that... I don't I don't know how many people are going to read it and, and why you need to know all that information. I get some people would want to, I know what you're saying, but mm -hmm. it's a badge, it's a it's a badge of a football club and it's the imagery that should, you know, override everything. It should be a strong image. And I feel like a lot of people probably thought that it's a document, a massive document about a chicken shop logo. That's the way that I looked at it. And if that offends again, I apologize. But that it, it it's so simplistic, and I think that's probably what upset a lot how of people. However, however, bless him, Adam. So he, someone put on one of our WhatsApp groups and they said, that's a better badge than anyone's done. And I told him already that he needed to actually read everything through and went, 
We'll go on to that in a minute. That's part of it. Anyway, <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. Right. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're running out of time. So just a quick run through. So um, here we've got Badge A, we'll call it. So what? what's your thoughts behind it then? Like what are the main key aspects of what you've taken from the two surveys and implemented here? So um, the kind of design trend um, from the feedback was uh, the incorporation of stripes was in, people felt was important. Um, the uh, slight adaption of, of the typography, which, which I'll come on to in a second, um, and kind of the additional elements, um, different colours in, in the shield. Um, so in this one in particular, this is a kind of development of the initial uh, design proposal. So um the so we'll start with typography top left so the we had previously we had a smaller c and the afc underneath it and the rationale behind that was a lot of people said that um you know the the football club is is a is kind of like a pedestal for the city we know that when the city when the football club does well the whole city benefits and thrives from it greatly so the c was kind of sat on top of the afc which was kind of a um, a visual representation of the football club lifting the city up and giving it an opportunity to thrive. But the feedback on that was it was too subtle and the, the C, the city had kind of been um, devalued to an extent. Um, so with that in mind, we've obviously made the C the same size of the BC as the B rather and the AFC underneath. So that typography, the word mark there now is, is basically structured exactly the same as the current crest with BC and then AFC underneath it. Um, the elements of the bantam. So, whilst people liked the strength and confidence and the kind of like the um, the almost aggressiveness of, of the new bantam, they felt that the detail was was missing. As we've kind of already alluded to, they felt it was overly simplistic. Um, so here we've kind of added more detail into the face. We've added a little detail into the body, and then within the tail, we've tried to be a little bit more clever and kind of incorporate the stripes into this tail here. So the feedback, as I said earlier, was that stripes wanted to be incorporated, and the two different proposals of um, have incorporated the stripes in, in two different ways. Obviously, we'll come on to the next proposal in a second, but this one's a more kind of subtle um, uh, inclusion of, of the stripes. Um, but what I would say is, when you can, when you look on the right side, when um, when the bantam is used in isolation, which is something is a key kind of point that we wanted to achieve when when we first started this project the idea of the bantam being able to be used in isolation and still be a strong representation of the club without all of the ele other elements in it um we can see that the stripes are still there um even without the kind of the background of the shield um so that's that was kind of what was fed into uh, the feedback of the initial proposal and this is kind of a direct response tweak of of the first proposal and um, one of the things that was mentioned was that they felt that the, the Bantam may benefit from having something placed underneath its foot. Again, between the two proposals that we're going to talk through now, um, there's two very different ideas. And, and on this one, we kind of added the um, the founding year of 1903 underneath it. Again, just another nod to the heritage and the uh, the rich history of the, of the club. Um, so that's, that's kind of the design in a nutshell there. Um, a lot of the kind of elements and the characteristics of what we'd previously proposed are still there. Um, it's just kind of been adapted slightly to um, in response to what was fed back. 
Thank you, Luke. Just before I move on, Andy, I just think maybe it's worth us three just sharing our maybe views on this one. Um, I'll start. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't sit on the fence, will you? No, <laughs> I'll try not to. Um, no, I, this this one isn't for me. Um, I, I feel like it's very similar to the the previous one in certain ways. I do think the lettering's better on this one, like you meant that like you alluded to. It just seemed a little bit up, upside down everywhere last time, and you know the sizes, but it is better. But it's just not quite Bradford City to me, and I just don't think it. I don't know represents us as much. I'll move on to Chris on that. Shave views, mate. Um. Yeah, I. I was originally a fan of this one, but spoiler, the next one <laughs> is going to be my favourite. Um, massive fan of this uh, originally. When I've seen the second one, I think that's by far the best one. I really do. I'm going to end it there. Um, for me, like, I sit on the fence, so I'm going to do exactly that. <laughs> oh, here we go again. <laughs> No, it's it's not for me. This badge isn't for me, but I understand the rationale behind it, like with the stripes in the tail. What I can't get my head around, though, I think the 1903, it just looks like it's been planked there for me. Maybe if that were under the standing foot of the Bantam, I think that might have looked better for me. Um, but, but yeah, other, other than that, really, for me, it's not my favourite. But I digress. As we move on, we go to the next one. So we've got the stripes have come back in a more truer form than what, of what we used to. Um, we've got the Bantam. Now he's facing the way as the current Bantam, but his head's turned back to face forwards as well. Um, this is personally my favourite. Um, and can, I, can know... I just explain what, why, why is it your favourite, mate? Um, for, for me, it... It is the stripes help for me. Um, out out of the three designs, obviously that we've got the original, I will I would probably always go in towards that regardless because I hold a massive affinity with it. Um, but out of the sort of like the two new designs, this for me, I don't know. It, it's seeing that bantam um, with his ball. I I don't know, and I prefer I prefer like the tight face being quite tight together. It feels more what I'm used to. It's more. It's more of what what I what I perceive as Bradford City. Adam, what do you think, mate? Too much going on um, in this for me. There's, there's, like you say, you've got your white, you've got your black as well. Um, you've got the stripes in there. A lot of people have been saying we need the stripes back, so you've put them in. You've kind of got the elements that people are asking for, but it just seems too busy when I look at that. Uh, and again, it, it feels like something that you might see on a, a Pro Evolution soccer or football manager when you create your own team, when I look at that particular badge. Um, Chris, yourself? I think that the most important thing of this is the Bantam. I think the Bantam is beautiful. Andy, can you put the third picture on? I can, but before I do, I just want to get a bit of design aspect around this Bantam that you've created here, Luke. So... Is it much, very much the same as what we had in the previous one? Yeah. So again, I think we've taken the kind of same, the same elements and feedback, and kind of tried to look at um, a further reimagining of of, um, of the identity. So um, when we look at the Bantam, um, there is obviously a, a radical kind of change in its um, in its design, um, with the fact that there's a lot more detail in the body. 
uh, in the feet. And obviously we've, we've tried to incorporate the stripes into the tail again. Um, you don't necessarily get that um, when it's kind of sat on stripes, but if it was sat on a block color, you would, you would obviously, you would still see that um, inclusion of the stripes in there. Um, the, the kind of the changing of the body, again, going back to initial conversations and initial feedback, um, right at the very start of the process and within the listening sessions, a lot of people felt that the, the bantam on the current identity um, was facing backwards, like it was focusing more on the on the past than it is on the future. Um, so that kind of change in direction that we had in the, the initial design proposal and, and the um, the first proposal that you, we've we've seen on um, in here tonight is is facing the other the other direction. So this was an opportunity to try and cleverly have the Bantam facing the same way it's always done, kind of as, an, as a nod to the past, but kind of using that as an inspiration to look forward and look to the future, which is why the body shape is, is the same way, but it's kind of facing, it's looking forward to the future. Um, we also had feedback again around how um, the Bantam might uh, benefit from having something placed under its foot. So to make it feel a little bit more sport orientated, we've added the uh, we've had the addition of a ball here, and because of the shape of the body, um, you kind of feel here like it's protecting the ball. It's kind of being fiercely competitive and keeping it away from its opponent. Um, so that kind of gives an idea into behind the thinking of of the formation and the shape of of the bird, um, and with that as well, um, we've change the typography to a more horizontal, more natural uh, kind of look, which also gives uh, the bantam kind of like a perch to stand upon as well. So it's not just kind of floating in the middle of the badge. Um, and then the addition of the 1903 underneath that as well to add to add the um, the kind of heritage feeling to that as well. Um, kind of to your point, Andy, there's, there's, no, um, there's no subtlety with the addition of the stripes in this. We have taken the five stripes from the... Um, from the current identity and had added them into the shield and added the black and white um, stroke around it, which again was fed back from um, from the pre from the previous results that people felt that the addition of of a black shield and and potentially a white color would further um, accentuate the new design and um, feel a little bit more rapid city. So that's um, in a nutshell kind of the thinking behind the uh, the design here. I want to jump in here because. When I've been sort of looking at these badges, what you've been putting out, I've been quite negative about it and I'm not one for change. So when I look at this design, as I just mentioned, I've been quite negative and I'm not a big fan of it. But if Andy moves on to the, the secondary image that's included with this particular design, oh. I absolutely love this. Um, wow. I, I, the, the only problem with it, because obviously you're going to get a problem when you come and, and show me things, is the ball. So in isolation, if you put this out, is our badge. I'm all for it. I think that is so strong as an image. And I think you could, you know, you could nod to Tottenham with this and Liverpool, the way that they've simplified it. But that is a, is so strong. I don't think it needs the shield and anything else. I know that you mentioned that all fans want the shield, but I think if that was seen in isolation, I think everybody would absolutely love it. I, I don't know. I, I think we all agree on it, don't we, guys? And I think that's the, the key thing for me here, that we've not agreed on anything in regards to the badge. You know what? I think it's really important as well because obviously we have been quite passionate and we've we've had very, very different views and we have had many a conversation about it where we've got 
very heated in a certain you know in a certain way to be honest with you but when we saw this all four of us including deck went this is it this is it and, and for me where I've always been positive about changing the brand and everything. And, you, you know, you guys have had your different opinions. Obviously, Andy was on the fence, as he usually is. But the fact that all four of us went, this is it, that, to me, spoke volumes. So, Luke, t- tell us about this, man. Because I tell you what, we absolutely love this. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um... It's um, kind of going back to one of the key things that I, I, st- I said right at the start of this project was we need something where the elements of the identity can be used in isolation and still be representative and instantly recognisable as Bradford City. And I think an example of this is this secondary identity here. You can take elements away from it and it still does feel Bradford City. Um, I think if you look again this kind of refers nicely back to one of the previous points you made about simplicity and how things are how things are evolving if you look at um some of the things that are happening at the moment in the world of sports um i think it's arsenal's awake at the moment which is like black with like a gold metallic feel to it and they just use the cannon um on the uh, on the left side that is their i think it's their record selling kit um, their best selling kit in their history and only a few months into the season um, you can't get an adult shirt anywhere uh, wow. in the country. Um, and that's just an example of how you don't necessarily have to see everything in an identity. You can use all the different elements in different ways. It's not important to just have everything thrown into your logo that represents a football club because you can use them uh, in isolation. And it can still feel Bradford City. Um, and I think this is a good example of how you know, and again, it refers back to the point of why we're bothering with this. You can instantly see how this bantam can be used and the other bantam as well in the first option. You can instantly see how they can be used in different areas of the business. You can see how they can be used in retail and you can, you can see how they can be used in potentially attracting a younger audience. Um, and I think that is, in a nutshell, s- summarises why we wanted to look at doing this because you know we, we may end up keeping the current badge and if we do that's that's totally fine you know that that yeah. is that is what happens but, but Luke, you could Luke. never take sorry okay. i was just gonna say you could you could never take the bantam on the current badge and use that in isolation because the drawing of it is not strong enough um and i think that is um it's important to kind of recognize that because it's we've got the versatility in these two options here to kind of use them in isolation and still feel like um, a Bradford City brand, effectively. Sorry for interrupting you there, Luke. And Sorry, at the end of your point, but I think it's just important to, to, to mention to Bradford City fans. So when they see the crest and they see the way that the Bantam is, that doesn't necessarily mean that that is the that that is the end product, right? Mm-hmm. No, that's totally right. So I think um, the kind of the the badge that you see in its entirety, with all of the elements included, will be the kind of the hero go to um, uh, sort of identity for the football club. So you'll see that uh, probably up against other crests. You will see it um, on club stationery. You'll see it 
you know, in and around. You'll see it probably on the home shirt. Um, well, you will see it on the home shirt. But this secondary identity gives us an opportunity to do different things. Um, you know, it could be it could be just on the away shirt, something a little bit different. Again, you've I think the likes of Everton are doing it with the um, with the tower at the moment, and LFC Liverpool do it with just the live bird rather than the full crest, and that's what you want from a brand. You don't have to throw everything into one identity. You want to have elements that can be used in different ways um, to kind of um, give you that ability to adapt and be versatile and, and kind of keep things exciting, really. Um, so, can I, you know, so can I ask, can I ask Luke, so let's, let's discard the crest. This, this, this picture that we're looking at now, obviously for you, those of you that are on the pod, we will put a picture out on that. Um, this is the identity of Bradford City, right there, what we're looking at right now. Potentially. Well, I think that is, for me, Luke, I know you're saying it's a secondary item, but that, to me, should be the primary imagery. I think that, and I mean that, in my opinion, might not mean nothing. It probably does to most people that listen to the podcast, but... I absolutely love it, and I was so against all of this, but that on its own, I love that, but I don't like the, the primary image, personally. I feel like there's too much going on. So, is is there a chance that if, if fans feed back things like that, that, that has a potential? I, I do like the fact of having that the primary and the secondary image with, with these kind of things. Sorry to interject there, Chris. No, you're spot on, mate. Um, I think um, it's important to have those options because you never know when you're going to need both of them, you know, you, there's, there's, there's environments and different situations where one is better than the other. Um, but obviously if, 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 and this, this is again, a good point of how things are so subjective because, you know, you guys are all like, Oh yeah, this, this is, this is feels really Bradford city. And, and other people will be like, Oh, I prefer the other one. And I feel yeah. the other Bantam's more Bradford city. And that's, yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of the, the, um, the law of the law of this kind of, um, of this kind of project but if for instance this was fed back that this was um so much better than the original badge and more people were um keen to see uh the bantam used in isolation and the same with the first proposal if people were keen to see the bantam the typography used in isolation then yes we would 100 percent take that on board and and potentially start to use it um in more ways than than we use the full shield because I think again, going back to one of my original points around design and and the way the world is going, this more simplistic um, identity is is the future. Um, again, I think you just referred to Tottenham. You do yep. have the they have their like the the thinner bantam sat sat on them or stood on top of a ball. Um, they use that predominantly, and then I think I've seen it on the kit as well where they've they've got it in like with like a shield round it as well. So you do, you do need those options. There is, there is, you can't dismiss a badge and say, Oh, we just want the Bantam or you can't dismiss the Bantam and just keep the badge. There will be, there will be situations where one or the other is, is more suited and one may need to be used. But yeah, ultimately if, if the feedback and the, the positivity that has been shown on by you guys here with regards to kind of this, um, this execution is, is reflected in, uh, the wider fan base, then yeah, of course we will we will look at kind of being able to utilise that and make sure that um, it is 
the secondary identity is seen just as much as the primary identity as well. You're getting positivity from me, Luke, and I mean that is in itself is uh, is an achievement. To be fair, <laughs> it is. Um, Luke, it is. <laughs> I've been so picky when, with these badges, and I've, I've said it to you directly. I'd rather do that with people, and then you know my actual thoughts rather than like say faceless accounts and that. But yeah, of course, yeah. I do love this. Um, and again, like, like you mentioned, people get the chance to vote again. So you've got the, th- the three options of the Believe on the Vote, so the two that you guys are proposing, and then the original badge. So it's important that people actually go fill that survey out and let, let the guys know. because So important, man. It's you're giving so us the opportunity. Important. It's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like you said, um, one of my friends is an Arsenal fan and he didn't get any say in it and they booed for about four games and then they forgot about it. So you guys could have gone down the same route and would it have been forgotten about in a few months? probably. Um, so I think we need to be a little bit grateful that you're giving us the opportunity to, to have a say. And please, can everybody vote for this to be the badge? <laughs> please. Yeah, I know. Do you know what? It's crazy because the amount of arguments that we've had, and we all absolutely love this badge. This I mean, particular gorgeous. Imagery, yeah, this, this gorgeous, particular isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I'm really, obviously, I'm really happy to kind of see a little bit of um, <laughs> excitement, positivity with regards to this project on here. But, like, I mean, I'm, I've tried to kind of stay impartial throughout, really, um, and I, I think, you know, to, to be fair, there is benefits and there is um, opportunity with both proposals. Um, so, you know, I want, I want to make sure that the other one isn't left out, um, but. Yeah, so I you're think, saying impartial uh, by being by not being impartial is what you're saying there. You know this there is two options out there. Yeah, so yeah, make sure absolutely. that and they are there is still opportunity for both. Um, you know what, they both you know have good characteristics. So yeah. Do you know if the second one gets the if it gets it, I'm having it tattooed on my arm. Oh not well, that one, you've not, that one, you're not the next one. You're not going to be. You're not going to be cutting that out of this recording, are you? Because no. um, no, I'll remember no. that. As long as it goes ahead, as long as it goes ahead, I'll have that tattooed straight away. Yeah, it's it is. It's really nice, is that one? But um, I think we'll finish up there. So I'd just like to thank Luke very much for joining us um, and being so open and honest with the design process and everything that's gone on behind the scenes. So thank you very much, mate. It's been a pleasure. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on, and um, yeah, I really, really appreciate. Um, your thoughts and your views, regardless of how positive or negative they are. Um, so, no, I appreciate the time and uh, thank you to everybody that's engaged with the project so far. As I said, it's important that everybody does have their final say um, because it's um, it's the future of your football club. So, um, I appreciate everybody that has done so far and appreciate everybody um, engaging with the current survey as well. So, can I just say much. before you go, Luke, you're from Bradford as well, aren't you? I am. Yes, I am. Because there was an important point that yeah, a lot of people said that you weren't from Bradford. I just wanted to make that clear that people know that you're from Bradford. So there you go. Yeah. So um, my um, yeah, I mean, in in being open and honest, um, I've worked for a lot of football clubs. Um, and when I was originally asked to be a part of the staff at the football club, I said no because I said I'd never work in football again. Um, <laughs> And genuinely, this isn't a PR answer. This is a genuine truth. I gave up that because it's it's Bradford City. I'm from Bradford. I went to school in Bradford. I went to St. Bede's. Um, my nana lives in the shadow of the stadium. My uncle and my cousin are season ticket holders. Um, you know, this is, don't, don't make the mistake of thinking that this isn't important to me. Um, it truly is. So I want to make sure that 
um, this is a true representation of this football club and I know how much it means to the supporters because my family are supporters. So, um, so yeah, I, I've, I've seen those things circulating as well, but I can assure you I grew up near Peel Park and, uh, yeah, I'm, I am originally from Bradford. There you go, Twitter twatters. <laughs> been deleted. Your myth <laughs> is deleted. Thank you very much for that. Um, the only thing that's maybe missing from the badge is maybe up the fucking chickens with a hashtag underneath it. But oh, no, we'll... yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, or maybe we answer yeah, that. The third image. Image. Anyway, maybe we need to finish this tonight. Anyway, yeah. so it's been a pleasure, you, boss. Thank you very much. Um, we've been a city event and over and out. Up the fucking chickens. Up the fucking chickens. Up the fucking chickens. Go on, Luke. I'm not saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Cut. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.